Thanks, Mr. Becker. Oh, what a great, great song. When I was pre pre preparing to do the eye surgery, I didn't know for sure how it was all going to pan out, how I was going to feel, and how my eyes were going to be, and all that. And so I had asked Brother Andrew to prepare. Uh, he actually did step in for me at uh, the men's prayer breakfast, the first one I've missed since I've been here all those years. And I grieved all afternoon because I didn't come. Uh, but I'm thankful that he was willing to step in. And I, I'd asked him to also prepare for Sunday, and he did. He prepared for this morning and tonight. And uh, I just felt like that I needed to preach the message I preached this morning. And so I stumbled my way through that. Anyway, was glad to be able to preach this morning. But I thought, well, he prepared for all these messages. I can't just cut him completely off. I mean, you know. Most people think I'm that mean, but I'm really not that mean most of the time anyway. So I appreciate Brother Rodriguez and his family. They've been a great blessing and uh, appreciate all that he does around here and, and all that he takes care of. And And I know that he has been preparing and praying, and I've been praying for him. And I believe God has something for us tonight. I truly do believe that. So grab your Bible, Brother Andrew. You come right ahead. All right, take your Bibles tonight, Psalm chapter number 27, Psalm chapter number 27. And if you're able to, go ahead and stand tonight. Psalm 27. <clears throat> uh, we're going to start reading verse number 7. We'll pretty much be in this whole chapter tonight, but I want to just start in chapter, sorry, in verse number 7, and we'll read till the end of the chapter. <clears throat> we'll make some comments and have a word of prayer. Psalm 27, verse number 7, the Bible says this, it says, Hear, O Lord. When I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Verse 9 says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsook me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In verse 14, the Bible says this, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Last Sunday, pastor had approached me about being prepared to preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and as soon as he had asked me, uh, this message is actually a Sunday school lesson I had done for Ignite class many years ago here but God just laid this message on my heart, and I didn't quite understand why, 
And so I was just sitting up here a few minutes ago, and I looked down at my watch, and I saw the date on the calendar. Four years ago, my family and I moved here to Riverside Baptist Church. And just the way that God worked. And then I look at this title, and uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to preach this tonight. But here's the title. Waiting on God when God is silent. Waiting on God when God is silent. Let's pray. Father, we do. Lord, I just can't thank you enough. And I didn't even, Lord, as I was studying and preparing this week and even this afternoon, just put all these things and these events together. But just sitting there just a few minutes ago and, Lord, the song service and praising your name and then hearing the special by Miss Heather and just thinking about all that you've done. Lord, I'm so thankful and so overwhelmed. Lord, I'm thankful for the lessons that you've taught me. And Lord, I know I've got a long ways to go. I'm not even close to where, Lord, where I know I need to be. But I'm so thankful, God, that you continue to work and continue to speak to my heart. Lord, I'm thankful for my church family. Lord, I'm thankful for my pastor, my pastor's wife. Lord, the brothers and sisters in Christ that I have here. Lord, just so thankful for waiting on you and allowing you to direct and to guide. Lord, tonight we need to hear from you. I can't, Lord, I can't do this in and of myself. I know I can't. So, Lord, I pray that you'd give me clarity. Lord, help my words to be exactly what you'd have me to say. Lord, that I wouldn't stumble and wouldn't lose my train of thought. We wouldn't be overcome, but I would just preach what thus saith the Lord. There's a principle, I believe, here in Psalm chapter number 27 that we can learn from David. Lord, one that I've had to learn, even the hard way, on waiting on you when you're silent. Lord, help us tonight to just draw close to you like has already been prayed. Help us tonight to be changed in the image of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Waiting on God when God is silent. In verse number 14 of our text we just read tonight, the Bible says this. It says, wait on the Lord. This obviously is a psalm of David. And David says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, the plea to wait on God is really an invitation to trust God. It's an invitation of hoping in God. It entails believing that one day, whether it's today or tomorrow or next year, that God will make all things right. And in us, and you and I waiting on God tonight, we basically are telling and acknowledging to God that ultimately His plan is the most important thing in our life. And that regardless of what we want, and regardless of what we desire, our ultimate desire is to see God's plan come to fruition in our life. In times of waiting, as we seek God in prayer, we've got to learn to listen to God, and we've got to learn to... Ask God specifically, God, what is it you have for my life? And uh, I, I was thinking four years ago, a little over four years ago, sitting in my office there in Colorado Springs and asking God specifically what God had for my life and then for my family's life and waiting on God and allowing God to speak to my heart. And I'm thankful that he, he did that day as he continues to today. But you know, so often we desire to listen to God and we desire to wait on God, but we get ahead of God. We get ahead of the point to where we we miss out on God's perfect plan. But waiting on God is, is this. It's shutting out, one author put it like this. It's shutting out the clatter and the, and, the, and the commotion of the world and just getting quiet with God and waiting. 
But the problem lies when we wait on God, and yet God is silent. The problem lies is that we go, okay, preacher, okay, uh, Pastor Marshall, okay, Brother Andrew, okay, Brother Mike, okay, Sunday school teacher, I'm going to wait on God, but yet God is silent. Can anybody relate to that tonight, where you've gone to God in prayer and specifically begging something of God and asking God a specific question and, and, and anticipating and you're waiting and your arms are open, your heart's open, and you're desiring God to speak to your heart and yet God is silent. God is silent. What about when we fall into our knees and we beg God to work and to intervene and God, God remains silent? We know this tonight, that God cannot look upon our sin and God cannot look upon us in a sinful state and have a right relationship with us. We'll get into our sin here in a little bit more in the message. We'll address that. But I'm thinking tonight about this, about you and I as individual Christians, whether we're an adult, whether we're a teenager, and in our heart, we're, we're desiring to live for God, we're striving to live for God. We spend time in prayer, we spend time in reading our Bible, we spend time serving God in ministry here in the church, and we, we have a, a deep down, we have a desire to see God move in our heart and in our life. And we're praying and asking God specifically, God, what is your will for my life? Yet... God is silent. There can be times of discouragement or even depression. We wonder where God is at. When all along, all along, God is right there beside us. We have to learn to trust God in His presence despite what we feel. After his teenage son's death, a pastor had this to say about what he learned about God's silence. His direct quote. He said, nearly every morning for months after my teenage son was killed, I screamed questions at God. And I asked God these things. What were you thinking? And is this your best for me? And finally, I asked God this. Do you really expect me to show up every Sunday and tell everyone in my congregation how great you are? That's a pastor saying that. Well, not a pastor that had been a pastor for a couple months. A pastor had been a pastor for years. He said this. Then when I became silent, God spoke to my heart. And he had answers for every question that I had. You see, waiting on God involves learning to lay our questions before Him, and as we lay our questions before God, leaving Him there. So often we, we lay our questions before God and say, God, uh, I, do, God, is this what you want? God, I need an answer now. God, I want a response now. God, you don't, you don't understand the time frame I'm in, God. I need to know right now. Yet all along, God's like, I'm not on your timetable. I, I, your schedule doesn't mean anything to me. Your schedule, your plans doesn't mean anything to me. David would go on to pen these words in Psalm chapter number 77. He said this, he said, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice. And he gave ear unto me in the day of my trouble. I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul re uh, refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. We know this, we know that David had a very unique relationship with God. And we know that God described David as a man after his own heart. And can I say this, your relationship with God doesn't get described that way by just simply being bare minimal. Your relationship with God doesn't get described as being a man after God's own heart by just going through the motions and just doing the bare minimum. No, no, there was a deep communion, a deep relationship that David had with God. Yet David experienced the silence of God even in his own life. Psalm chapter 28, verse number 1, David pens these words. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. He says this, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. In Psalm chapter number 83, verse number one, David says this, keep not thou silence, O Lord, 
Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. On Wednesday nights, if you're here on Wednesday nights, pastor's been preaching through the book of Job. You know, one of the things about interesting about the book of Job is this, is that even Job experienced the silence of God. In Job chapter number 30, verse number 20, Job said this. He said, I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. He said, well, that's a little further ahead than where Pastor Marshall is right now. Exactly, I'm just kind of, you know, letting you know what's going to happen in a couple weeks. Job says, I cry unto thee, and thou didst not hear me. It's interesting as you study the life of Job, and I was thinking about it Wednesday night as Pastor was preaching, especially the first couple of chapters where you get introduced to Job, and you get introduced to the trial that Job's going through, and you get introduced to his friends and his wife and all the problems that Job has. You know, God doesn't show up and go, Job, it's okay, no big deal. If you study the life of Job, you notice this, the first couple of chapters there was Job's going through all these problems, God is silent. Yet through all of Job's problems, God knows everything that's going on. And God, at a moment's notice, Brother Mike, at a moment's notice, God could stand before Job and say, Job, here's why this is happening. Job, let me describe to you what is taking place, but that's not the case. You see, sometimes in our life, God is silent. What a thought to think tonight that as we look at Job's life and look at others' lives, at David's life, that there are times in their lives where they're living for God, they're righteous, they're, they're, they're striving to live for God, they're striving to have a walk and a relationship with God, yet God is silent. How many of us could relate to that tonight? That even in our own life sometimes, as we go to God in prayer, or maybe we go through our, our service to God, that it just seems like God is silent. No, 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 it just seems like God's not responding. And we're asking God, we're begging of God, and, and we want God to move, we want God to work, but God is just simply silent. In Psalm chapter number 27, Davis gives us some points here, I think, that we can apply even in, our, uh, in ourselves, and, and, and I don't want to title this, or kind of, phrase this message as kind of a self-help, but it kind of, it is as David outlines this. Look at verse number one of our text here in Psalm 27. David's going to give us five things real quick tonight, I believe we can see from Scripture, as kind of a, a reminder that when God is silent, it's not, obviously it's not the end of the world, but there's some things that we can look at and say, okay, God, I, you might be silent, but there's also some encouragement here. Look at verse number one. The Bible says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. David, what are you going to be confident in? He says this, verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that in God's silence, listen, we can find encouragement in this, is that God is always present. You see, no matter what we face in life, no matter what problems we have in life, God is always present. In Psalm chapter number 27, most uh, commentators believe that uh, David penned this psalm before he was king of Israel. And that actually while David was penning this psalm, he was on the run from Saul. So David's in a position here, he's already been anointed and, 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 and confirmed by Samuel, if you would, the prophet Samuel, that he's going to be the next king, but he hasn't assumed the throne yet. And so he's running from Saul. And all the commotion that goes on, we, we don't have time to look at it, but we know this, that, that Saul desired to kill David. And Saul desired to ruin David's life because Saul knew that guy's the next king. That guy's the next one to be on the throne. And so here David is. He's in a point in his life where he's, he's crying out to God and he wants to know God's plan. He wants to know God's will. And he says there in verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Here's what David's saying. Listen, I have no fear that God's silent. I have no fear that I'm waiting on God because I know that my God is present. He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. 
Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, even those that are against me. And he doesn't name Saul by name, but we know this. We know Saul was against David. We know that Saul desired to kill David. But David says, even the, those that are wicked, my enemies, even though they come up to me and then they desire to destroy me and they desire to defeat me and they desire to take my life. Notice what he says there in verse number two. They stumbled and fell. They stumbled and fell. You see, no matter what trial I go through, no matter what trial you go through, no matter what storm comes our way, one of the things we've got to remember is this. God is always present. He's always there. So often we look at God and we think, man, God, I'm not hearing from you. And, and because I don't hear from God, because I'm going through this storm, because I'm going through this trial, and God, I don't hear your voice, and I don't hear the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and, and I, just, I just feel like as I go to pray and I go to talk to God and I bear my burdens to God and I'm taking these problems to God and I'm seeking God's face, that God's just not there. Brother Andrew, there, man, God, God's just not there. Listen, God is there. God is present. God is listening in. God is bending his ear. God is going, listen, my son, my daughter, tell me the problem. Tell me the problem. David would pen these words in Psalm 34. He says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Hebrews chapter 13 is a very familiar verse. We know this. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Listen, we can never lose sight of God's hand in our life. You and I, if we're born again tonight, we're his child. So don't ever consider this. Don't ever consider, well, I just, I'm wondering if God's really there. I'm wondering if God's really present. No, he is present. He is there. You know how we know? Look at what David says. David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. David knew that no matter what took place in his life, no matter what enemy came against him, he knew God was present. Listen, you and I may be struggling tonight. We may be having things in our life and things we've gone to God in prayer and it, we're begging God certain things and we've got certain prayer requests we're asking God. And it just seems like as we're praying and as we're praying and as we're, in a sense, in a sense uh, going through the motions and, and trying to live right, it just seems like God isn't there. Can I encourage you and tell you this? God is there. And just because you may not hear His voice and just because you may not see Him move does not mean He's not there. Four years ago, I learned that. I learned that when I would just be quiet, that when I would just not complain, and not run my mouth, and not plead, and not beg, and just listen to God, I realized God's present. And in the dark times, listen, in the trials, in the, the times of not knowing what to do, and not knowing how to do it, God's present, and He's there. Number two, I think as you look at these first couple of verses here, you can not only just see that God's present, but you can also see this. You can also see that God can still be trusted when he is silent. Because David knew God was present, David also knew that he could trust God. Just because God isn't standing right in front of us, waving his arms and saying, listen, don't do that. Listen, don't go that way. Listen, I have something better for you. Just because God isn't standing before us trying to flag us down does not mean that God can't be trusted. Listen, part of our own spiritual growth is not only trusting God when He's speaking, but it's also trusting God when He's silent. Give me an example. We hear a message preached. Hear the message preached, the Holy Ghost of God moves in our heart and speaks to our heart, and, and we respond, we hit the altar, get things right with God. God, I'm going to trust you for this. God, I'm going to trust you for this. God, I'm going to trust you for this. But man, when there's times where we're just going, kind of going through the motions and just going through 
the ritual, and we're here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival, missions conference, whatever the case is, man, we, we just don't hear God like we thought we should. Maybe we don't hear God, and, and, and the fireworks aren't going off, and we're just, Brother Andrew, I'm just, not, I'm just not feeling it, just not feeling God right now. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I can really trust God. It's interesting, you look at the life of David, and David, in verse number one, he says this, Whom shall I fear? Then he says this, Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, David, David's like, kind of like, you know, I mean, think about this. Here's this guy, he's out to kill David. I mean, David knows who his enemy is. And David's like, wait a minute, why should I fear? Why should I be afraid of Saul? Why should I be afraid of those that are out to kill me? Now, I don't know about you, but if I knew someone was out to kill me, there'd be, you know, we'd, they'd be walking around with, a, you know, guns and, and, and trying to figure something out so that, that I didn't get killed. But David's looking at this from a totally different perspective. He's looking at this from the perspective of this. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I don't know all the answers. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have all the answers to all my questions. And God, I can't explain it to this person. And I can't explain it to that person. And God, I don't know what's, what's going to happen down the road. But God, I'm just simply going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. You see, when God is silent, we can still trust God. Even when God is silent, he can be trusted. Job said this in Job chapter 23. He said, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Man, it's amazing. I don't know about you, but the Wednesday night message has been a blessing looking at the life of Job and the faith of Job. Man, to look at Job and all that Job went through, all that Job lost, yet he still trusted God. Still trusted God. Yet here we are, six months into a pandemic, election cycle, all the craziness that's going on around the world, and we're just like freaking out about who knows what. And here Job is trusting God. David, listen, David's got a bounty on his head, and he says, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? It's almost like David's saying it's not a big deal. Why, David? Why is it not a big deal? Because I'm trusting God. God knows what is going on. God's not up in heaven, rocking in a rocking chair with his eyes closed, taking a nap. He knows exactly what is going on. In November of 2003, Pastor Eric Tharp was pastoring in Hollyhoke, Massachusetts. His 19-year-old son had come home from college for Thanksgiving. And the day after Thanksgiving, Pastor Tharp's son left the house to take his vehicle to a maintenance shop to get it looked at. On the way to the maintenance shop, his son went through an intersection and was T-boned and killed instantly. In a moment, his life had been taken. He wasn't speeding, he wasn't doing any drugs, wasn't drinking. He was just going to the maintenance shop. Having lost their oldest son, the Tharps went through many dark, difficult years. And in 2005, Pastor Eric Tharp would stand before his congregation there in Hollyoke, Massachusetts, and resign. During a time of overwhelming pain and sorrow, and that's obviously imaginable, it seemed like Pastor Tharp could not get a hold of God. Reaching out to a preacher friend of his, he explained the situation. And here's what the preacher friend said to him. He said, Eric, when you cannot trace God, you must trust God. How many of us tonight really trust God? We trust God at salvation. We trust God in our finances. We trust God in our marriage. We trust God in raising our children. But do we trust God when God is silent? Do we trust God when we go to God and we bring our burdens and our problems and our cares to Him? And it seems like as we lay those at the altar, that's where they stay. 
Are we content to trust God when things don't go our way? In Psalm 73, David could not understand why God was not talking to him. And he, in that psalm there, he cries out against those that were prospering, those that were prospering financially, those that were doing wrong and getting, in a sense, what David saw as being blessed. And David said this. He said, in verse number 16 of that chapter, he said, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Let me ask you this question tonight. When God is silent, why do we quit on God? When God is silent, why do we quit on church? When God is silent, why do we quit, quit in our prayer time? When God is silent, why do we quit in our Bible reading? When God is silent, why do we just simply quit? See, the question tonight is not, can I trust God? The question tonight is this, can God trust me? Can God trust me to be faithful to Him? Can God trust me to live for Him regardless of what He says? Can can God trust me to live for Him even though, listen, even though my prayers may go unanswered? God is silent. Can Can God trust me? You see, God has been so good to you and I, so faithful. And He reminds us on a daily basis of His loyalty and faithfulness to us. But then back at our text here, look at verse number 6 of Psalm 27, David says this. He says this in verse number 6. He says, And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Listen, I can trust God. I can trust God. And here's here's, here's number three, that there's victory. God gives me victory right around the corner. In Isaiah chapter 55, the prophet Isaiah penned these words. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. You see, after much thought, David finally understood all that God was doing. He, he took a step back, if you would, and as he got to the house of the Lord, got to the tabernacle of the Lord, got, got his heart right with God, spent some time with God, he realized that God had a plan. He realized that God had victory. And if you notice in our text here, in verse number 6, he says, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. David doesn't start off the chapter, he doesn't start off the psalm going, hey, listen, I've got victory. No, no, no. David starts off the psalm saying, listen, I've got somebody who's after me. I've got people who want to kill me, but I'm not afraid. I have no fear. And, and, and he, keep, he keeps going on. Verse number four, he says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David says, I want to do right. I have a desire to do right. I have a desire to see God work in my life. Listen, when God is silent, understand there's victory around the corner. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Andrew? It is so easy for us when God gets silent for us to get silent. It's so easy when God gets silent for us just to kind of, well, you know, God's not really speaking to me anymore, so I'm just kind of done with this whole church thing. We know people, listen, let's be real time. It's a Sunday night crowd. We got people that across America, across the world, think, man, God didn't do it the way I wanted it done, so therefore I'm done with God. I'm done with God. What a sad state for us to be in tonight that as God is silent, as God is dealing in our life, that we would shake our fist at God and say, God, you're not doing it the way I want it. I want victory right now. I want victory right now. Every one of us has been wronged before. Every one of us has been mistreated or offended. Every one of us has gotten upset about something. But listen, when we face difficulties in life, when we don't get the victory that we expect in life, Man, what gives us the right to get upset at God? What gives us the right to step back and go, God, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. 
And God, you didn't answer my prayer the way that I wanted it answered. And God, you didn't do the things that I begged of you to do. And man, this Bible, this church, the Lord, my relationship with you is just not worth it. And could you imagine how different Psalm 27 would be if David had taken that approach? If David had said, God, because Saul is after me, and Lord, you anointed me back here, and, and I know I'm supposed to be the next king, and, and, and Lord, I know that you've had this relationship with me, and I have this relationship with you, and now all these terrible things are happening, and you're just quiet, and I have to wait on you. God, I just don't feel like waiting. Listen, we've got to wait on God and trust that victory's around the corner. Then look at verse number seven of our text here. Get down to where we were just reading just a few minutes ago. David says this, he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Hast thou, thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Then skip down to verse number 11. David says this, he says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. <clears throat> I said at the beginning of the message that there's times where God is silent because of sin in our life. And I think the last point David pulls out right here and we look at is this, is we've got to take some inventory of the sin that's in our life. You know, a lot of times we want to look at sin and we want to kind of water down sin. We want to water down the effects of sin that it has in our life. And David was a very unique man. We know that David, obviously, we know David sinned with Bathsheba. We know, obviously, the adultery and the murder and the repercussions of David's sin. But can I say this? And see in David's heart in Psalm chapter number 51, when you read that psalm, and you read David's brokenness, you read his contriteness, and you, you read, him, read about him pouring his heart out to God, you realize this, that David had to humble himself and take inventory of the sin that was in his life so that he could have that relationship with God again. You know, so often we think and we just kind of throw it out there that, hey, maybe the reason why God isn't dealing with me or the reason why God isn't speaking to me is because there's sin in my life. And, and I don't know about you, so I'll, I'll make it personal. For I'll just use myself as an example. Could I say that nine times out of a ten, this is where I'm at right here. Nine times out of a ten as I go to God and I'm talking to God, that God is showing me some things in my life and I'm begging God. Look what David says here. He says in verse number 7. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Man, that's me. That's you and I. God, God there's, a, there's a burden on my heart. God, there's a desire in my heart. God, there's something that's de that I'm dealing with that I, I need a prayer answered. And then verse number 8. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. You realize tonight that as you and I seek God, like truth, no, look, look, as we truly seek God, you know what's going to show up in our life? God's going to reveal the sin that's in our life. I dare say that many times we don't seek God like we know we should seek God because we're worried, Brother Mike, about the sin that God's going to reveal. We don't like being told we're wrong. Listen, ask my wife. I don't like her telling me, Andrew, you're wrong. Don't like it. Don't like it. We don't like being told we're wrong. And so we'll try to hide it. We'll try to hide, you know, in our pride. And, and you know, like Pastor was saying this morning, being, being you know, stubborn and being hard-headed. Man, we can be hard-headed with one another. But you know the thing I've found is that is I, in my Christian life is this. I can be as hard-headed as I want with God, yet God is still going to say, that sin's still there. 
That sin is still there. That prayer request isn't answered because that sin is still there. Your walk with me ain't what it should be because that sin is still there. That sin is still there, Andrew. Listen, Andrew, I, I, I told you at youth camp 15 years ago, that sin is still there. Andrew, I told you last missions conference, that sin is still there. No, no, no. We want to hear from God, and we desire to hear from God. And I, I believe David desired to hear, and he, he was waiting on God, wanted to hear from God. But David realized this, that if I really want to hear from God, I've got to seek God. And can I say this tonight, that in seeking God, God's going to reveal some things about our sin and the sin that's in our life. In Proverbs chapter 28, the Bible tells us this, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. James chapter 4, verse number 8, the Bible says this, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Man, I've heard this verse taken so out of context before. Brother Andrew, you don't understand, I am trying my hardest to draw nigh to God. Man, I am spending, I am trying so hard to draw nigh to God, but he ain't drawing nigh to me. You know why he ain't probably drawing nigh to you? It's because you're really not drawing nigh to God. Because drawing nigh to God is this, it's me seeing myself for who I really am, a sinner. I can't come to God in my, in my suit and in my position, my title, whatever the case is. I can't come to God in my, uh, I, I can't come to God in and of myself and say, God, here I am, man. You got to come meet with me. No, 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 no. I've got to put my pride and my sin and my selfishness aside and draw nigh to God in a humble and a contrite heart and spirit. As we draw nigh to God, He draws nigh to us. But sin in our life keeps God from getting close. A.W. Tozer said it like this, we're talking about sin. He said, a man by his sin may waste himself. A man by his sin may waste himself. He said this, which is to waste that which on earth is most like God. You and I were created in the image of God. You realize that tonight, right? But because of our sin, we'll waste that relationship. He went on to say this, this is man's greatest tragedy and God's heaviest grief. David understood that in order for his walk with God to be what it needed to be, in order for David to hear God speak, and David knew he had to address the sin issues in his life. Because then he says this in verse number 14. Look what he says. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, there's times in our life where God desires to speak to us. There's times in our life where God is obviously speaking to us. And we know very well what God is saying. But there's also times in our life where God is silent. And that can be very discouraging. It can be very frustrating. doesn't matter if you've been saved for a year, you've been saved for 20 years, 30 years. doesn't matter if you're a preacher, doesn't matter if you're a missionary, doesn't matter if you're a deacon, church member, whatever the case is. Man, we want to hear from God. Maybe tonight the reason why we're not hearing from God is because God on purpose is being silent. Maybe tonight there's a reason why pastor's going through the book of Job. Maybe tonight there's... Maybe tonight God's working in your life like God was working in Job's life. And you and I are crying out to God and saying, God, I don't quite understand what, what's going on. God, I don't quite understand what you're dealing with. And God, I, I just, God I'm really wondering what, what is going on. Because God, I just don't know. Listen, God in heaven is not going, man, I hate you, I don't like you, don't love you. That's totally opposite, totally the opposite. But maybe tonight God is simply silent so that we would draw close to Him. Or maybe tonight God is silent because there's so much sin in our life that He can't speak to us. 
Maybe tonight God is silent because we have told Him, God, what I want is more important than what you want. Listen, David said, wait on the Lord. I want to wait on God. I want, I, want, I want to listen to everything God has to say. But you know, there's times in my life where God's speaking. And then there's times in my life where God's silent. And both times, when He's speaking and when He's silent, can both be profitable to my Christian walk with Him if I let it happen that way. Father, we thank You again for the privilege to be in Your house tonight, Lord. And Well, I don't know if the message made any sense tonight or not, but God, I'm thankful for the times where you are speaking to us, Lord, where it's obvious that you're trying to deal with us about something in our life and you're challenging us and the Holy Ghost of God is moving in our life. But maybe tonight, God, that deep down inside, you've really been silent individually in our heart and in our life. Maybe there's things that we've come to you in prayer and we've asked, well, we brought those prayer requests to you and you just haven't responded. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd help us to have confidence in knowing that you're present, that we can trust you, that we continue to, can, we can continue to do right, we can continue to live for you, we can draw close to you. But maybe even tonight, God, there may be some sin that's in our life that's hindering you from speaking to us and from us hearing from you. Lord, whatever the case is tonight, help us to wait on you when you're silent. Help us to be encouraged. Lord, help us to focus upon you. So when the time does come and you do speak, you do encourage, you do challenge us, that we would respond. We love you, Lord. We're thankful again for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. As we stand tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed, the altar's open, the piano's going to play. So if God spoke to your heart, go ahead and respond. Waiting on God when God is silent. Waiting on God when God is silent.